Welcome back to Shred's Takes Podcast. I'm joined by a guest that was on my show during the uh, mix of the football playoffs in the NFL back in January, Sam Hofstetter, brother of a good buddy of mine and Sam, I'm sorry, and Max Hofstetter and Sam Hofstetter is obviously a good buddy of mine as well. But we're here to talk about some NFL. He's also a freshman at Boston College. So if you're a big fan of Boston College sports, you know, he knows a lot about that as well. So Sam, thanks for joining the podcast again. Glad to have you back on. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me on. Uh, I'm glad to talk some uh, football with you. Absolutely. So, look, Sam Darnold, right? You know, every, everyone has been, you know, wondering, oh, where is Sam Darnold going to go, right? And, you know, everyone had their theories. San Francisco, is it going to be Denver? Is it going to be Washington? And he got traded to Carolina for a uh, first round back, uh, first round draft pick in 2021, so the 12th pick, and then first and third in 2022, and a first rounder in 2023. So, essentially, he, they got, they just traded up to get draft picks um, and they basically, you know, cemented themselves to getting Zach Wilson, in my opinion, um, you know, bet, better, best move. I think for the jets was to get rid of Sam Darnold. Uh, I just, I just didn't think it worked for any of the parties. I think he's talented, but I think he has a lot to prove. I think a lot of these people who are high on Sam Darnold, he has 39 interceptions in his NFL career, which is a lot. And people are, are you know, getting angry about Daniel Jones with his turnover issues. So my question for you basically is look we look at Sam Darnold talented quarterback and everyone thinks it's a great win for Carolina in this whole trade because they get it's a fresh start for Sam Darnold they got a bunch of good weapons and they bring in a quarterback that's as talented as him how do you feel about it because I don't know I, I my opinion I'm a little bit skeptical about Sam Darnold compared to I think the rest of the group um yeah no uh, Sam Darnold I think if I'm going to be brutally honest, is not going to um, reach the expectations that some people are so highly on. I think Sam Darnold um, has the potential to do something similar to what a Ryan Tannehill has done, leaving Miami to go to um, Tennessee. And he has done phenomenally well for you know his position. So if Sam Darnold goes to the Panthers and performs really well, I'd like him to prove me wrong. But personally, I, I'm a big USC fan and I have not seen anything from Sam Darnold that has impressed me enough to consider him a very good starting quarterback since he's played in college. Like he hasn't, I think he's thrown a pick almost every game since he started in college and even into the NFL, he really just is not the best ball handler. And also when it comes to his weapons, um, Christian McCaffrey is definitely an improvement from what he has previously, but his receiving core is, I would say, not fantastic, like compared to other uh, cores. I think uh, Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore are good, um, but I just don't think they can get him to the next level. I feel like the Panthers would have to find someone else, acquire someone from a signing, or maybe draft um, a weapon like a Kyle Pitts in the draft. So let's Let's, let's, I'm going to push back a little bit. And this is not my opinion. This is just what people are saying, right? They're saying, look, the, the Panthers have weapons. The Jets were a mess. Sam Darnold was really only, you know, as bad as he was, was, was because of the Jets. Now, my, my argument in that is that it's, it's both cases, right? Adam Gase with Ryan Tannehill had a really bad relationship. Ryan Tannehill has fixed that up. So look, Sam Darnold's got a lot of potential there, especially because Matt Rule's a very, you know, good up and coming young coach, right? And they run that Joe Brady type offense. 
Um, then a bit like similar to how the Saints ran it with Drew Brees, a lot of intermediate passing and all that kind of stuff. But the one thing, like, and I want to hear your thoughts on this, like, you know, is it really that the Jets were just so bad that Sam Darnold is, you know, wasn't good? Because again, if they draft Zach Wilson, this is where I kind of want to segue it. Do you think Zach Wilson is just going to come into a situation and be terrible too? Because I don't really see that happening. I think Zach Wilson's got a lot of potential to be good. Um, and look, they, 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 that's who they seem to be going with because, you know, Justin Fields, I think had a great pro day, but Zach Wilson, you see the film and you see his pro day and they match up completely. And I think a lot of people are high on Zach Wilson. Give me your thoughts on Zach Wilson as a quarterback and whether or not the situation with Darnold was just Darnold or the situation with the Jets is going to be a carryover effect for Zach Wilson when he gets drafted ultimately. Um, yeah, uh, Zach Wilson, I agree with you. Zach Wilson is definitely the second best overall quarterback in the draft after Trevor Lawrence. Um, I just think he has certain aspects that put him ahead of Justin Fields, such as like his throwing ability and arm strength. Um, I think he's able to make like these, you know, insane throws that we see like a, a Patrick Mahomes or an Aaron Rodgers make in the pocket and out of the pocket. Whereas a Justin Fields, the only way I can see the Jets uh, drafting him, which is still possible and it, they could definitely draft him, is that uh, Justin Fields is probably the most athletic quarterback in this class. His 40 time was, I think, the second fastest underneath RG3. And if they're willing to use his talents similar to like a Lamar Jackson, then I can also see Justin Fields having success. But uh, I do agree with you. I think Zach Wilson would be the right choice. He's in my opinion, the outright number two and going to the Sam Darnold situation. I do think Adam Gase played a, a critical role in keeping Darnold's potential from, you know, uh, rising up to maybe a Ryan Tannehill potential. However, um, I think, you know, the Jets organization is not really much one of a successful organization. And I can just see, you know, with the same front office and just how they're drafting, it's great that they get all these new picks from a Sam Darnold trade, but if they get a Zach Wilson and they pretty much do the same olds and don't draft anyone to support him, it could just be the same situation again. Um, I'm a Giants fan, but I do think that there is hope for the Jets, and I think Zach Wilson is definitely the brightest future they can look for. Let's also just break down Sam Darnold's fit in Carolina a little bit more, right? Because there, there are people that think that Teddy Bridgewater and him are going to have a competition. I actually like Bridgewater in a sense of him being like a very reliable backup. I think he can be a starting quarterback in the league because I think he has, you know, decent attributes to quarterback. You know, again, when he was with the Saints, he did a very good job. I think that he, Teddy Bridgewater would be actually a good, I think a good fit on a team like Denver because if Drew Locke, has another disaster season like he had last year, you can just go to Teddy Bridgewater instead of risking trying to draft a quarterback like a Trey Lance who hasn't really proven a whole lot, who has a lot of great physical tools, but hasn't proven a lot. So tell me a little bit about, do you think Sam Darnold is going to, again, like, like what can he bring to Carolina that I think people may not understand being the fact that the Jets were so poor with him there? Um, I think Sam Darnold could bring um, just – you know, young athleticism that someone like a Teddy Bridgewater does not have based on just injury alone. So Sam Darnold's, you know, pretty healthy. Um, he definitely has the arm talent and he definitely has, I think, the, I guess, the mental, you know, willingness to like learn from 
a really good coach in Matt Rule. And I think if he's really willing to like, you know, work hard and take th this advice from his mentor, I really think he has the chance to go to the next level. And the weapons at Carolina are substantially better than the Jets. So, and considering the division as well, like the Saints are not really in the best position. And obviously you got the Super Bowl uh, Buccaneers uh, on the verge, but uh, if they can, you know, they, there's a chance they could go for a wild card if uh, Sam Darnold has a good season, or if this is not the, you know, the first season they play well, it could be a situation where they alternate between Sam and Teddy. And it just depends on whether or not they want to start with Teddy and then move in Sam. And after that, I'm not really too sure. It's really just, we have to see him get on the field. Let's shift over to San Francisco, right? They moved up to the third pick in the draft, taking that spot away from Miami. And look, everyone's hyping up the Mac, jo the Mac Jones fit for San Francisco. In my opinion, I think they're overlooking like what Justin Fields could do in that Kyle Shanahan offense because Shanahan likes to run a lot of look, play action bootlegs, right? And Mac Jones, look, I, obviously he had one of the, the, the best QBR ever in college football. And I think he, he's, a, he's a very good quarterback. And if they drafted him, I don't think they'd be making a mistake because I think that he could play behind Jimmy Garoppolo and learn a little bit. But ultimately, you know, tell me a little bit about the whole San Francisco situation. Do you see Garoppolo being the starter? Who do you think they should pick at third? All that kind of stuff. Just because I think that whole – it's a bit of craziness because of the way that Kyle Shanahan, I think, views quarterbacks and who I think could also be ultimately great for a system. And also the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo is a good quarterback. So tell me a little bit about the fact of – what is going on in San Francisco from your vantage point and where do you see them ultimately going and who's going to be starting week one? Um, I see two sides to this, um, especially, you know, San Francisco moving up to third, I think is obviously hinting toward drafting a quarterback. We know this. Um, I think it's pretty clear that they will take uh, whoever's left after, you know, the Jets pick potentially Zach, uh, Zach Wilson. I think, it would be smart for them to draft Justin Fields if they, you know, they're the third pick. It just seems weird to me that if they really do like Mac Jones, and I agree, Mac Jones seems like a perfect fit for this system, and it and it makes sense. But the only thing that confuses me is, are they overvaluing him? Because they were already at pick number 12. And I mean, it's similar to like a Daniel Jones situation where it's like, did you do you really need to go up this high to get him? Do you really think someone is going to draft a Mac Jones before pick number 12, because if he really was that valuable, I get it because your franchise quarterback is all the value you can get. You can see how much value the Texans are asking for Deshaun Watson. It's getting insane. And they drafted him not over third overall and look at the value they're getting out of him. So I get that moving up to third is, you know, gives them the power. They can pick the quarterback that they think, will move their franchise forward. But I do think if they're going to go with Mac Jones, I don't think the trade was the best move. But I do think if they can move Garoppolo potentially or use him to mentor uh, a rookie quarterback, it would be smart for them to draft a Justin Fields at three. Right. And let's sit over to the Giants, right? The Giants have made a lot of interesting moves in free agency, right? Getting Kenny Galladay, who obviously has a boatload of talent and is a very good receiver when healthy. The injury concerns obviously are something I look at and, and I'm definitely a little bit concerned about, but the two questions I have for you are, well, one is where, where should they go in the draft? I think they should go get some 
offensive line talent if if that's the way I'm looking at it. And then also too, if you look at Daniel Jones, right? This is the this is the year where he proves himself, in my opinion, whether or not he can be that quarterback that we can have on the Giants. I think he's got talent, but he again he doesn't understand how to hold on to the football, and he has a lot of fumbling issues. Hopefully, he can get that corrected. But let's let's talk about one: where should they go in the draft? And two: what do you expect out of Daniel Jones this season from as a Giants fan, as me being also a Giants fan as well? Um, yeah, I think the Kenny Galladay trade was probably the best signing they've done in a couple of years. I think it's definitely a smart move by the Giants. It almost is hinting at that they obviously will not take a wide receiver in the first round, but there's a chance that if, you know, a player like uh, Devontae Smith or Jamar Chase is available, there's potential that they could draft him because there's a lot of value in these receivers. They're very talented. But I do agree with you that because they drafted Galladay, it's almost signaling that they should go for some O-line help or possibly even a defensive player. Um, and then with your second question, uh, with Daniel Jones, um, it's interesting because Daniel Jones, as a Giants fan, I'm not really too high up on. I do think he's a good quarterback. It's, you know, I'm kind of like not too sure if he should be a starter or not. I do think this one season is his proving point. And if he can prove himself, he is deserving of the starting role. Um, I think Dave Gettleman in making this transaction with Galladay happen is almost a high risk, high reward kind of move. Because if it works out and Galladay is the right receiver for him, then it's a great move on his part. And Daniel Jones should have success with the weapons he has around him. But if this um, signing is not that good because Kenny Galladay, the only downside to him is he's a type of receiver who I consider like a jump ball kind of receiver that you would throw it up to and you can trust him to catch it. But Daniel Jones really hasn't had experience with that. So if he can make that transition and trust in his receivers and make these throws, it can be a huge success. Otherwise, this might be the last season for Daniel Jones and even Dave Gettleman. Right. And now let's shift over to the Aaron Rodgers saga, right? I think all this is a look. I think the front office of Green Bay is not handling this whole situation correctly with the press. I think Aaron Rodgers, people are blowing out. I mean, look, my thing about Aaron Rodgers has always been great talent needs to win a Super Bowl, right? He needs to he needs to get over the hump somehow, right? I think this whole thing about him saying like his future he is uncertain and he doesn't like, I, I think that's legitimately actually how the NFL business is. I mean, especially the way that his relationship is with the green Bay Packers. It's just, we don't really know what they're going to do. And cause they really haven't shown a, a huge level of investment into him. I think that also he needs to get over the hump. I think that a lot of people are just, you know, patronizing him saying like, Oh, he's this unbelievable quarterback, which obviously he is, but he, he, you know, they had a great chance to beat Tampa Bay last year and they didn't get it done. And I think he's, he's definitely responsible for that, even though he had overall a good game. He wasn't great in that two minute period down the stretch that could have got them to the Super Bowl. And I think they would have had a great chance of winning that game. Um, talk about like this whole situation from your end. And if you think that, like, what, what do you need to see from Aaron Rodgers as well as he goes into this next season coming off an MVP season? Yeah. So with the Aaron Rodgers tension, I think that this whole situation is more of a front office problem. I think they're in this weird uh, struggle of whether or not to draft for Aaron Rodgers now or draft for the future. And we know in the past that this is true based on what they did with Brett Favre. They drafted an Aaron Rodgers and they almost forced him out. 
enough to make uh, Brett Favre come back to play in the NFL. And he thought he had still had more time to play. And it's similar because Aaron Rodgers is certainly getting older, but the difference is he's only playing better. He just got an MVP. He's playing at the highest level he's played at since his last MVP season. And it just is the wrong decision for the organization to be drafting for the future. And we know they're doing this because of last season, they drafted a quarterback in the first round, which doesn't really make sense. But I understand that that could have fueled Aaron Rodgers to play the way he is. And maybe that was a good pick. But now seeing Aaron Rodgers potential going forward, it would be smart for them to draft at least a receiver or just load up on the defense or O-line just to help out Rodgers. Because right now, if they're not going to draft for him, there's the Super Bowl is really out of the question for Aaron Rodgers if he's playing at an MVP level and still can't win. Right. No, I, I, I'm totally with you there. Um, so look, Florida has a great prospect coming into the draft in Kyle Pitts. Everyone is raving about him. And look, I watched him against Alabama in the SEC championship game. He's big time, right? I think he's a solid blocker, not like an exceptional blocker, but from a receiving standpoint, he's exceptional. I think, you know, you, you plug him in, I think he would fit great in, in Cincinnati with Joe Burrow. I think he would fit very well in Carolina, but I think he's going to be a top five draft pick. I, th- I just, I think that you would be, I don't, I wouldn't say you would, you'd be foolish because if you took like Jamar Chase or Devonte Smith, I don't think those are also bad moves either, but talk about, because you watch college football a lot more than I do talk about why Kyle Pitts is getting raved about so much and what, you know, great, attributes besides obviously being a good receiver like why why do people think that this guy could be like the next like Travis Kelsey in the NFL definitely um Kyle Pitts um just based on college you know dominance alone he is performing like a Travis Kelsey did at Cincinnati um I think as an NFL prospect he's the most similar to like a Darren Waller who the Raiders utilize in the pass catching game and blocking um, he has, he, I mean, definitely he has the blocking ability. I, I, the, the best um, part about him is his receiving game. I think he's a serious threat for any offense to have, especially if they have um, a formidable receiving core and a good quarterback. So leaving those options, I agree that he should be rated as a top five prospect because of his just unique talent. Um, the earliest I can see him being drafted, and I see a lot of boards having this pick, I agree with it, um, is the Falcons. And because Matt Ryan is still a great quarterback, um, I think he performs pretty well if he has the weapons and they do have receivers. So he could be a dynamic force for their uh, offense. Or if the Falcons don't draft him, I can see the Bengals potentially going for him, whereas I might see them go for an alignment instead. And if that's the case, the best pick would be for the Panthers and how about Sam Darnold. Yeah, no, it's definitely interesting because you have three really great receiving core type players that you could plug in definitely for a quarterback who's up and coming and definitely have see some definite success from that period on. Now, the Denver Broncos, speaking of a team that has a young quarterback who they're trying to figure out right now, right? We talked earlier about maybe Teddy Bridgewater being a good fit there, right? But there's obviously speculation about maybe the Denver Broncos bringing a guy like Trey Lance Maybe they bring in, you know, maybe Justin Fields falls down to the Denver Broncos and they, they take him. My standpoint is I think they need to start looking at least for a servable, you know, servable backup to Drew Locke because Drew Locke has talent. I think his rookie year, he did show he had some talent, 
Last year, he was not very good statistically. He was worse than or as bad as Carson Wentz was with the Eagles and even worse that period of time because I think his turnovers and touchdown interception ratio was really bad last year. And look, you can blame that on a bunch of different things, but you know, especially for a team that's defensive-minded, I think you definitely need a quarterback that I think is more athletic if you're going to run a little bit more of the running game play action um, for Denver. But I, So like my standpoint would be like if you had a chance to get Justin Fields, I would take him or look at Teddy Bridgewater as your option. Talk about what you think Denver should do in the draft or if they should look in the free agency in order to try and look for a quarterback. Or you think, okay, maybe they can stick with Drew Locke one more year. He isn't as bad as what people think. Um, yeah, um, just on their draft alone, I think at pick nine, they should just stay where they are and see what's available at their pick. There's no reason for them to give up a lot of capital to move up to potentially four, because I don't think the first three are budging and maybe the Falcons would be willing to move. But moving up five picks is very expensive, and I just don't see them doing it. And they can still get a quarterback that they can use. Um, that being said, if uh, Justin Fields is available at nine, definitely draft him. If it's a Trey Lance or a Mac Jones, that would have to be an organizational decision. I, I, I see them all as better prospects than a Drew Locke. But Drew Locke, I mean, he's only been in the league for so long. And even like a Carson Wentz at his point now, but earlier on, he was a very good first couple of years. Same with the Jared Goff and all these other quarterbacks, they, you know, they take a couple of years to develop, even a Josh Allen, look where he is on his third and fourth year. He, I mean, it, all it takes is just one season to be good. I think they should give him at least one more chance, especially considering he's only played so much. Um, the pandemic probably didn't help his situation. And I think if they, if they draft the right weapons for him, I think one more year would be the right decision. I think that's like the, the moral choice, but if a Justin Fields is there, I think, he is by far a better prospect and they should draft him. Yeah, I'm with you there. I, I think if they don't get in the look in the draft and get Justin Fields, I would say get Teddy Bridgewater as a backup if you can, because I think, look, like I've watched Drew Locke. I think he definitely has a lot of talent. I just think that he, like a Daniel Jones and in a Sam Darnold sense, he has a turnover issue and Denver hasn't necessarily been the easiest fit for him. Not, not And just for, a lot of players too, right? They're just, they're not, they're a good, they have been for a bunch of years, a good defensive team with a poor offense. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's just interesting. Also, just the last thing I kind of want to ask you too, is just, are, who are some surprise, or I guess like some sleepers in the draft who you think no one is talking about that can make a considerable difference? Because I feel like this draft is really big on the quarterbacks. I think that's what everyone's really talking about at this moment, but talk about maybe some, and I guess the wide receivers too, but Talk about someone that you think is like, okay, this guy is not being talked about and he can make a big difference if he gets drafted by a certain team because he, because no one's, you know, obviously looking at him. Um, uh, yeah. Um, so I have uh, three names that I will list to you. Um, some of them you might know, some of them you might not know. Um, I think a Wusu uh, Koromora from uh, Notre Dame uh, is a very strong linebacker slash edge rusher, wh whoever drafts him. I think he would be a really strong pick for a team like the um, the Raiders, potentially at a, as a first rounder, he is probably the best linebacker in the draft after um, Micah Parsons. I think um, Zaven Collins is another big one, also linebacker. He played at Tulsa. I've seen a couple of his games, 
he is not really so much talked about just because of his the team he's playing on and the success of that team but the talent is there and he's definitely a playmaker um and the last player i will list to you is Kadarius tony also uh played with um kyle pitts i think he's just overlooked a little bit just because of kyle pitts but he's the best receiver on that core and he is also making plays just no one's talking about him just because tight ends are a little bit of a special player especially if they can uh, catch the ball but i think he would be a, a good late first rounder early second rounder pick and uh yeah those are the three picks i think are sleepers yeah well you know i'm glad to hear things are good on your end up at boston college i appreciate you coming on to the podcast today to discuss this it's gonna be interesting how this stuff unfolds right because I think San Francisco's got a huge decision of how they're going to go forward. I think, you know, like the one thing I, I was, I forgot to mention is like, you know, do you think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be starting week one for San Francisco, or do you think it's going to be another guy? I think um, if Jimmy Garoppolo is not traded by the time the season starts, I think he probably will start week one at the very bare minimum. And also it depends on their schedule. Like if it's an easy opponent or like just, you know, I don't think it's really right to put a rookie quarterback right into the system, unless you're like the number one overall pick, like the, like the Jags will play, will play um, Trevor Lawrence immediately, but a team like the Jets and even the 49ers, I just think it might maybe just a single game or two just to get him into the system, have him used to, you know, how the games, how the games work and just making sure he doesn't get hurt or anything, you know, miscellaneous i would say so definitely jimmy rapolo should start week one yeah gotcha well you know again appreciate you being on uh you know enjoy the the boston college sports uh you know success they've had recently in, in hockey at least women's lacrosse football right hopefully their basketball program can get a little bit better obviously but you know the ac is a tough conference i know it was a little bit downer this year but it is a tough conference um but you know obviously always appreciate you being on and you know, if you want to come back on and discuss other NFL headlines, just, you know, you know how to reach me. So appreciate you being on again, pal. Yeah, of course. Thank you very much.